Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In Chapter 20, Seb and Nocte learn about Tamerball. Seb also learns about Vivin's dark past. In this episode, Chapter 21, Vivin finally confronts Alice about their relationship. Just a quick disclaimer, this episode contains more adult themes than usual, so listener discretion is advised. Alright, let's dive in. Sebastian spent the rest of his evening mulling over what he had learned of Vivin. He regretted being so upfront with him. He had shared the most horrific event of his past, and Seb had scorned him for his self-appointed penance of unhappiness. He thought that they had left on good terms, but he was still concerned he had deeply offended his mentor. Lo and behold, Vivin quietly woke him up at six the following morning for a jog. Seb was glad, but sleepy, and didn't bother to ask where they were going to jog until they were headed towards the king's forest. Wait, there? Seb inclined his head to the mixed wood forest. Mist rose from the undergrowth. He glanced back at the stone walls surrounding the palace grounds. The guards patrolling the outer wall seemed unconcerned. Vivin nodded, stretching his muscular arms. Isn't it illegal? Vivin shook his head and grinned. No, it's illegal to hunt in the king's forest. Most people think it's completely off-limits, so it's quite quiet. The fact that dragons enjoy roosting in its clearings help keep away the common folk as well. Common folk, Seb smirked as they began to jog. Well, that's what they are to you now. Or at least, that's how you are expected to regard them. Vivin had his hair tied back into a high bun, displaying his high cheekbones. Seb went quiet. No, that doesn't feel right to me. I'm not going to start treating people differently. Vivin huffed and picked up the pace. The wood was filled with spring bird song, but it was otherwise silent, no soul in sight. Just wait until dignitaries, domestic and foreign, start pressuring you. They'll wonder all sorts of things. Why you aren't wearing the latest fashions, why you don't badger the palace servants, and certainly why you don't look down on the average person. Sebastian kept his gaze fixed ahead of him. They can keep wondering, he murmured quietly. I'm an average person myself. Vivin would have argued, but suddenly there was a loud noise not far from them. A herd of deer crashed through the undergrowth, gorgeous, well-fed does led by a massive buck. Seb and Vivin had to run out of their way to avoid being trampled. The young man's eyes lit up at the thought of such a bountiful hunt. The men continued on their way and kept the conversation light. They didn't discuss Seb's events for that day, or what they had conversed about the night before. Seb mentioned that Kyrick was the only one in the chambers with them when they woke. The rest of them either spent the night with someone, or are sleeping it off in a ditch somewhere because Alice drank them under the table again. Again? That's a usual thing? Seb laughed in disbelief. Vivin nodded in earnest. I've seen her do it a number of times. It's a talent they leapt over the giant trunk of a fallen tree. How can such a little woman outdrink a grown man? At this question, Vivin laughed. Well, she was raised by tamers. She was? Seb asked in surprise. Haven't you asked her about her past before? Vivin queried. Seb raised an eyebrow at him in amusement. No, I only pry into certain people's lives. Vivin shoved him, and Seb stumbled smiling to himself. Well, you should ask her sometime. What? You aren't going to tell me? Seb exclaimed. Vivin shook his head, beginning to sweat from the quick pace he had set. Seb was keeping up with him well. She may be little, but her punches hurt when she's angry. I rather she told you. Seb was about to tease him when yet another herd of deer drove them into the bushes. They watched them pass, and Seb panted, does the prince never hunt? Vivin put his hands on his hips, panting himself, and nodded to the sky. Look. Through the spindly arms of budding trees, Seb saw three dragons fly overhead. They like to force the deer out of the wood, 
to where they can prey on them easily. Seb was eager to explore the area and learn the dragon culture of Imperior. He was so consumed with his new business as Great Tamer, he had no clue when he would have the chance to go out on Nocte. To him, it seemed, the position of Great Tamer was more about politics and being a name holder than actually making an impact concerning dragons. It bothered him. There was so much he wanted to tackle. Seb had his chance to speak to Alice later in the afternoon. He had had a long day with military meetings, and Prince Leo even had Nocte fitted with a new black saddle. Apparently, his aged brown one wasn't good enough. He wandered into the courtyard that was used for training in hopes that he could let off some steam. A pair of off-duty guards were sparring, and Seb offered himself for a match against the victor. Hand-to-hand, -hand, with heavy blows, these guards sparred like Kyrick and Garde. Several other guards gathered around to watch the Great Tamer take on one of their own. It felt good to throw a few punches to release his stress, and Seb won, though not without a solid hit to the shoulder that dead-armed him for a moment. Alice was on the sidelines watching, and whistled when Seb won. He smiled and ran over. Hey Alice, I haven't seen you all day. Hey pretty boy, she beamed back. She looked as cheerful as ever, with no hint of last night's visit to the pub. How was your day? Long. Long and... He sighed heavily. Alice reached up and patted his shoulder sympathetically. How was yours? No hangover, I see. Alice laughed and folded her arms across her chest. She swept her confident gaze across the courtyard where people were exercising. I don't know the meaning of the word. Seb took his chance. I heard you were raised by tamers. Is that why you can outdrink most of them? It is, she smiled. Start drinking when you're 13 and you build up a resistance to it. 13? That was awfully young, Seb thought. Were your parents tamers then? Alice cocked her head, gazing up at him with her deep blue eyes. I don't know. My mother died during childbirth, and my father died from an accident when I was six. I don't remember him being a tamer. She rubbed her smooth jaw thoughtfully. Ember hatched shortly after that, and after wandering around homeless with a hatchling on my shoulder for a couple of weeks, a tamer spotted me and took me in. She shrugged with a carefree smile. So, a group of Kayan literally raised you? Yep. The knowledge made Seb uneasy. A little girl with a hatchling, brought up by rough warriors. Actually, that explained quite a bit. Nobody questioned it. She shrugged again. I had a dragon, and somebody needed to teach me how to tame. And I mean, I had nowhere better to be. It probably doesn't sound good, she mumbled. But they were good guys. They let me get away with murder. Seb wasn't sure if that was just an expression. And taught me how to fight and stand up for myself. I had a lot of fun. She beamed in her happy-go-lucky way. I managed to get myself into a fair bit of trouble, though. Alice motioned to the faded scar on her jaw. This was from a bar fight when I was 16. There was blood everywhere. My captain was so mad at me. She shook her head at the memories. Actually, I made a lot of questionable choices. Especially with guys. She frowned slightly. Did you fancy the type where you thought you could change his dark, bad boy persona? Seb teased, and Alice laughed. I did, sadly. Do you still? Seb asked curiously. Alice blushed faintly. I'd say my tastes have matured a bit. Seb took that by matured, she meant Vivin. As he thought of him, he asked, Why does Vivin never go out drinking with us? Alice was surprised by the sudden change of topic, but she recovered quickly. Oh, that's Artie's fault. She spoke loudly on purpose since the man himself was talking nearby. He wandered over and eyed her suspiciously. 
what did I do now? You're the reason Vivi doesn't drink, Seb was asking. Alice passed the conversation off to him and bowed out, having seen Sommer and Arani across the courtyard. Yes, that is my fault, he grumbled, lighting a dart. I'm sure Viv's told you what troublemakers we were when we were younger. A little. Well? Art took a drag from the dart and rolled it between his fingers. With fame and fortune comes drinking and women, which neither of us was a stranger to. Arthur was much more smartly dressed than Vivin, with his tailored outfit and shined leather shoes. He looked the part of a retired mercenary. But I had a definite drinking problem. Viv knew it, and so did I, but I told him to piss off whenever he mentioned it. When we were in our early twenties, I was courting a gorgeous girl. She was the daughter of one of our regular clients. She was pretty to look at, but the bane of my life, really. She knew she was gorgeous. And wealthy. Art tapped the butt of his dart with a frown. She thoroughly enjoyed running around behind my back, and doing whatever she could to make me jealous. One night, Vivin and I went out, and I brought the girl with me. It was a typical pub scene, smoky, crowded, noisy. And Viv and I were having a grand old time drinking, while she decided to bat her eyes at one of the gents across the room. So I drank a bit more, and she went over to this random fellow, and I drank more. Arthur flicked his gaze over to Seb, who had been listening politely the entire time. The young man was intent, and wasn't exuding a judgmental vibe so he continued quietly. By the end of the night, I was lucky I could walk straight. I don't remember much about it, but... Arthur cast his gaze to the marble walkway. When Vivin and I were escorting her home, apparently I confronted her. She and Vivin weren't anywhere near as intoxicated as I was. He kicked the ground lightly. Anyway, things got heated and I hit her hard, more than once. He looked disgusted with himself still. Vivin tried to stop me, but I knocked him out, so I ended up being arrested for domestic violence, public intoxication. He pushed gray smoke past his lips. If I hadn't have had the money to pay the fines and the name to give me some grace, I would have ended up in prison. So Viv and I made a pact. Or I did, and he joined to support me and it really does help. Anytime I think about drinking, I remember Vivin hasn't touched a drop in 15 years, and I smarten up. Seb didn't have any judgmental comments. He simply said, Vivin's a really good guy. He is, though he doesn't believe it. Idiot that he is. He muttered under his breath. Why does everybody call him Vivin, though? Why not Knox? Arthur laughed and ran a thumb over his mustache. Not even his own mother called him Knox. The only person who ever insisted on that was his father, and... He hesitated and trailed off. And his brother? Seb finished. Art rolled his dart with a displeased look. We don't talk about that boy often. The way he said it, with such cool contempt, piqued Seb's interest but Art dropped the subject immediately and started taking a stroll back inside the palace and asked, Well, how did you find the briefing today? Sebastian found it a difficult question to answer. I've never been to a briefing before, so I don't know if it was good or bad, if it was productive or not. The soldiers seemed keen for battle, and that's all I care about. Art gave him an encouraging look, and Seb explained, if I were Leo, I'd want my soldiers eager. I think it'd be easier to lead them that way than if they were reluctant. Seb grinned at his obvious statement. You're right about that, Arthur nodded. And what do you think of the prince's plan? Seb pondered quietly. The prince wanted to lead his army into battle to the Dure Mountains, where the Nin were based. He wanted to drive them out and have all of them slaughtered, from their leader to their dragons to the lowest foot soldier. The knowledge of the crown being stolen and held by the Nin was kept private. The council, hence why Alice and Vivin were aware, through art, 
and the generals and captains were the only ones privy to the information. Prince Michaelis intended to invade the mountain caves and search them completely for his father's crown. There was no guarantee it was there, of course, but it was the only place they could assume as its whereabouts for the moment. As long as the Nen don't catch word of it, the prince intended on smoking out the soldiers from the mountain caves and attacking them as they attempted to escape. It was a worthwhile idea. Exactly. And what happens if they do? Art asked Seb directly. The young man shrugged uncertainly. We'll have to change our plan. I assume Leo has a backup. Never assume anything, young man. Art clapped his back in a friendly way. Now... I'm sure you already know it, but I'll bring it to the table just in case you don't. They stopped walking and stood in front of a rich, woven wall tapestry. It depicted a tamer riding a dragon, with his sword drawn. On closer inspection, the sword was identifiable as Dracocor. With this battle imminent, well, simply put, if Leo dies, you're entitled to the throne. Seb stared at him in bewilderment. What? I know as much about running a kingdom as I do pig farming. Arthur rocked on his feet awkwardly. The Michaelis family has no heir. The prince's sole uncle died years ago before he himself could produce an heir. In terms of eligibility in our country, the great tamer holds the most power if no immediate heir to the throne is present. Seb stood stunned. After a moment, he shook his head. Arthur cleared his throat. <clears throat> I'm sorry if you don't like it, but it's the truth. I thought you should be aware. Of course, Art said in a brighter tone. The generals and Leo's guards are well aware of this, and he's going to be protected better than the crown jewels. Seb ran a hand through his fine brown hair and sighed at the new revelation. I could use a drink. Arthur chuckled and breathed smoke through his nose. I can arrange that. You know, the Tamer Ball boys usually go out for a drink after their games. You should join them tomorrow. And in the meantime, try to keep the Nin at the back of your mind. At least until the scouts return. Seb nodded. The Tamer scouting unit of the King's army was out collecting information on the Nin generals and leader. Hopefully, when they returned, they would bring reports and sketches on the appearances of the men and women in question. The only information they had on the Nin leader at the present was his name, Corposus. Seven Nocte warmed up with the Palace Tamerball team. Their uniforms were white, with their short sleeve shirts to their shorts, socks, and cleats. Their opponents were Team 2 from the City Guard. The City Guard consisted of separate divisions. Tamer, Mounted, and Foot. The City Guard had two Tamer Ball teams, consisting of eight players, six players, and two substitutes. The Palace itself had two teams as well. Seb played on team number one. Several other cities across Rhydon had teams, and once a year, they would all compete in a tournament in Imperior. Their current match was the first of the season, and many spectators were out even though it was a dreary day. It was drizzling since dawn, and the field was slick. Seb watched as his teammates were tackled into the mud, and their dragons kicked up damp earth whenever they ran across the field. The goalie and their dragons stayed in constant flight. It was best, since at times the ball would travel from one end of the field to the other in the blink of an eye. Two goals were scored by dragons hitting the ball with their tails, sending it hurtling at an incredible speed. The players were proud and affectionate with their dragons, hugging them when their goals were scored and patting them enthusiastically when an advancement down the field was made. Seb was glad to see it, and the crowd's enjoyment of the sport. It made dragons seem less frightening and more fun-loving to common folk. During the last ten minutes of the game, one of his teammates had his shoulder jarred, and Ryan called Seb in. He felt out of place with his pristine uniform among so many filthy but it was quickly rectified. Sebastian was tackled within his first minute of play. To their luck, their opponents were the last ones to touch the ball before it hit the ground, and Seb got the nod to kick the ball downfield. With a toss, he booted it 
and delivered it to a flyer above. He ran and mounted Nocte, slipping a bit on his muddied scales. In this game, the dragons were ridden bareback, since they tended to get filthy. The black opal dragon chased after the others. The teams were tied when it was down to the final three minutes. Both teams were exhausted, dragons and tamers. But Seb was still raring to go. He wasn't afraid to shout out his plays to his teammates, and Nocta himself was full of energy. They were running out of time. The referee checked his pocket watch every few seconds. He whistled once to signify the final minute of play. The Palace team gained the ball, and it was thrown from one player to the other down the field. Seb positioned himself near the goalposts. Ryan and his dragon were body-checked as he threw to Seb. The throw was off and headed to a player from the opposite team. Seb and Nocte wouldn't have it. The black opal dragon plunged downward and Seb leapt from his back. He landed on the dragon below him and intercepted the ball. With a leap off and a twist, Seb hurled the ball towards the goalposts. Seb hit the ground hard, but at the angle the ball was thrown, the goalkeeper wasn't able to block it. The point was scored, and the Palace team won the first match of the season. His teammates swarmed him, and the Dragons roared in victory. Seb's legs were aching from the impact of hitting the ground when he jumped, but it was soon cured at the pub. His teammates, other off-duty guards, and the Orin had their glasses filled. Even Vivin was present, though he and Art kept a light cider. After the first round of mead, Art and some of Alice's former teammates were goading her into something. Seb walked back from the bar with a fresh pint, and Alice looked over her shoulder at him. What do you say to a little drinking contest, Seb? Seb froze. All eyes were on him. He answered no, and took a sip of his drink. What? Why not? Because I don't enjoy losing. He sat down next to her, and she sighed. Suddenly, a voice called out from near the bar. I'll challenge you, miss, to whatever game. The party laid their eyes on a heavy-set, burly fellow. He looked coarse, middle-aged, and from the redness of his complexion, had probably seen a few drinks in his day. Since her friends had been pushing her to display a certain talent, she grinned and strode over to the bar. She returned with six pints on a tray. She plunked it down on the table and turned to her challenger, who eyed the pints curiously. Still want to play? She smiled. She removed her leather jacket, her tight, short-sleeved shirt revealing her petite figure. He looked her up and down and simpered, I think I'll be fine against a little thing like you. The Orin hid their smirks, and the guards knew she was a prolific drinker, so they regarded her with respect. All right, then. Alice kept her cheerful tone and nodded to the tray. The first person to chug all three of their pints wins. If you break at any point, you forfeit. Ten gold to the winner. The red-faced man stared at her in disbelief. You're going to chug three pints? Alice divided the pints between them and replied, I believe that's what I just said. Nocte, Sev communicated to his dragon. You're not going to believe what Alice is doing. The challenger huffed and took out his coin purse. Let's make it fifteen, then. Alice smirked and added five more gold pieces to the small pile she had between them. They both held a mug on the table, and Alice flicked her eyes to him before they began. Just don't cry when you lose. I hate it when boys cry. Art and Vivin grinned, and Alice said, Go! The chugging began, and the entire pub went quiet and watched as the first half was consumed without falter. Alice readied the next pint as she drank, and changed between the empty and full glass fluidly. She was ahead of her competitor, though he managed to move on to his second mug as well. Seb watched in absolute awe. He had never seen a woman chug a pint before, but here one was, on her second. And, if he had to admit, there was something sexy about it. The way she held the mug, her confident air, and the fact that she was winning. Alice was just about ready to move on to her third when her opponent choked and coughed, <coughs> causing him to forfeit. The pub cheered and Alice finished her second pint in another moment and gazed at him smugly. 
The Orin whistled and clapped, and the man stared at her in disbelief. He left the pub so he didn't have to suffer any more embarrassment. Alice wiped the froth from her lip and sat down, returning her pile of gold to her purse. She called over a barmaid and had her take the loser's gold to pay for the next couple of rounds. This, Griff grinned at Seb, is why we drink with Alice. Alice turned to Seb and admitted, You know, I used to be able to do that three or four times in a night before falling over. Seb smiled and replied, That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. You would have kicked my ass. Alice laughed, and Seb added, I've got a new respect for you now. Alice smiled, and the color rose to her cheeks. Vivin, who had visited the bar, brought her back a glass of water. Perfect. Thank you, Vivi. I forgot to grab one when I was over there. The rest of the night passed by mostly uneventful. Zan and Somers spent most of it making out in a corner of the pub, and Seb was hit on an almost embarrassing number of times. Eventually, after another girl was turned down, Vivin shook his head and said, I'm glad I don't go pubbing with you, because it's a bit depressing. Depressing, Art exclaimed, watching the woman walk away. She has the biggest tits in the pub. I'd call it downright devastating. Vivin rubbed his brow and Seb smirked, saying over the rim of his mug, I have a girlfriend. And? Art prompted. And I love her and wouldn't want to do anything to hurt her, Seb said without blushing. Is she here? Art raised an eyebrow. Seb frowned slightly. That isn't the point. Vivin nudged Arthur and told him to stop pestering Seb. The young tamer looked between the two and said, I find it kind of surprising that you two are close friends. Arthur laughed, a bit miffed. Vivin always makes out to be a straight arrow, but believe me, he wasn't always. When we were your age, he'd be doing two girls at a time. Three on a good night. Seb raised his eyebrows in disbelief, and Vivin slugged Art's arm and told him off, thoroughly embarrassed. He headed home shortly afterward, though everyone else stayed. Sebastian was enjoying spending time with his teammates, new and old. Nearly another week passed, filled with training, meetings, and pub visits. Seb casually mentioned hunting to the prince, and Leo gladly gave him permission to do so. Things were going well. Seb played two more tamer ball matches, winning both. He was fitted for armor, and wore his chainmail on his morning jogs to grow accustomed to it. Vivin kept his eye on the young man, though he was frequently distracted by Alice. She passed the majority of her time training, and it usually involved sparring with young, beefy guards. He felt jealousy burn, even though he knew he had no right to be jealous. One afternoon, he was walking through the palace halls when he overheard two guards as they passed. Did you hear about Millfield? One said in reference to Arthur. What about? He finally managed to bang Alice last night. Vivin froze, and his mind was filled with so many thoughts he couldn't focus on a single one. He caught an armed guard eyeing him curiously, and resumed walking at a clip. He was absolutely incensed, he could hear his heartbeat drum in his head. His best friend slept with Alice. As he stormed down the hall, he caught Arthur rounding a corner ahead of him. He picked up the pace, and luckily they were alone in the hall when Vivin caught up to him. Art heard someone coming and glanced over his shoulder. Hey, Viv. Vivin grabbed Arthur by his shirt lapels and slammed him into the wall. Vivin, what the- why'd you do it? Vivin growled, practically vibrating with rage. Do what? Art asked, extremely confused. He gripped his friend's wrists to relieve some of the pressure from his chest. Sleep with her. Sleep with who? Alice. Alice. Art narrowed his eyes, still confused. Then it clicked. Not your Alice, you twat. He shoved Vivin off. Alice is a barmaid I've had my eye on for a while at my favorite tavern. He straightened his waistcoat and frowned at Vivin, who was trying to calm down. Art kept his voice low because people were beginning to walk down the same hall as them. 
You need to get your shit together, Vivin, and I'm serious. If you're willing to attack your best friend over hearsay, you obviously have deep feelings for her. Vivin's jaw tensed, and they heard a cheerful voice laugh. Uh-oh, what did you do now, Artie? Alice herself walked up to them, seeing that Vivin looked pissed. Neither man would answer her or make eye contact with her, so she walked away after giving them a funny look. Arthur waited until she was out of earshot to say quietly, She loves you, you know, so smarten up. As far as I've heard, she hasn't slept with a single soul since she got here, and great snow the men want her to. Art left, still angry with Vivin for accusing him. Vivin took a deep breath and shook his head hopelessly. He couldn't let it go on. He had to speak with her. Vivin accompanied the Orin and Arthur to a tavern that night. His teammates were thrilled to have him there, and Alice sat next to him. He made it up to Arthur by paying for his meal and asking him to regale them with his latest conquest. The silver-haired man started with, You should see the ass on this woman. Seb shook his head with a grin, and Alice giggled, and Griff listened with great interest. Alice kept her chair very near Vivin as the first couple of hours passed. When a pair of young guards came over, Seb asked them about their tattoos, of which they had entire sleeves. Vivin nearly jumped out of his seat when he felt Alice touch his wrist gently. He was wearing a long sleeve shirt, and she ran her thumb under the cuff. I think you'd look good with tattoos, she said thoughtfully. Vivin gazed at her fair complexion and dark eyelashes, and his eyes were naturally drawn to the plunging neckline of her shirt. He looked away quickly. I mean, you'd look even more dangerous, but that's not a bad thing. She flashed her pretty smile. Vimon was quiet, and Alice drew away her hand, sipping her pint. A little later, the band started to play a lively tune, and the group's attention was drawn to the dance floor. Vivin leaned over to Alice and murmured, Can I speak with you? I'm listening. She turned to him, giving him her full attention. Not here. He stood up and took her coat from the back of her chair and placed a few gold and silver coins on the table for their tab. She regarded him curiously, and he took her hand suddenly and led her away. They went through a couple of doors, and Alice realized they were in the hall of the rented rooms. Vivin pulled a key out of his pocket and went to a specific door and led her inside. Alice was too surprised to say anything. A low fire burned in the hearth, the room was tidy, and the bed made fresh. A candle was lit on either nightstand. This isn't what it looks like, Vivin said quietly, hanging her coat on a rack. I just needed somewhere quiet for us to talk, without interruptions. He stood with his back against the door, and Alice stood with her back to the bed. She waited for him to speak. Vivin cleared his throat and scratched his brow with his thumb. <clears throat> this, whatever it is that we have, it can't continue. Alice remained expressionless. I was in the wrong. I was in the wrong to flirt with you and lead you on. Alice drummed her fingers on her thighs and nodded, then grabbed her coat and went to the door. All right. Good talk. But you haven't said anything. Vivin didn't budge from the door. Alice pursed her lips. I thought that whatever we had was worth sorting out and fighting for. But if you're simply going to tell me it can't continue, then I'll respect your wishes and leave. Vivin gazed at her with his chocolate brown eyes. I don't want you to leave. But you don't want me in general, she challenged standing very near to him. Vivin hesitated, and Alice murmured, I thought that maybe you cared for me, but I guess I was wrong. Vivin's heart pounded against his chest. She wasn't wrong. I know how you feel about what happened to your family, and I can respect that, Alice said quietly. I... it isn't about them anymore. I'm willing to move past that. Alice's deep blue eyes gazed up at him with renewed curiosity. 
then... Then what is it? Why can't we be together? Vivin struggled to think of an answer. What was he doing? He truly wasn't mentally prepared for this conversation. Alice placed a hand on his chest, and Vivin focused. He remembered what he planned to say. I don't want to have kids. Alice blinked at him, baffled. Well, good. Neither do I. Vivin exhaled softly. You're still young, Allie. You'll change your mind, and it's not something I'm ever going to bend on. Alice looked flustered and slightly uncomfortable. No, I'm being serious. I genuinely don't want children. I have the maternal instinct of a walnut, and kids freak me out. Vivin couldn't hide a grin. Was there anything else? Vivin thought for a moment. I'm grumpy and boring. I don't mind. I'm too old for you. I prefer older men. Alice moved in closer. I'm a decade older than you. I can count. She smirked. And I don't care. You will care when I die years before you. Alice frowned. I'm pretty sure you promised me at some point that we'd die together in battle. Vivin recalled, and he had meant it as a joke at the time. Alice. Vivi, she said softly. Will you just give up and let me love you? Vivin ran his eyes over her calm, serious demeanor once more before submitting. He nodded faintly, and Alice dropped her coat and jumped up, wrapping her legs around his hips. She kissed him deeply and passionately before he carried her over to the bed. He set her down and pulled off his shirt, and as he took a brief second to tie his hair into a bun, Alice released her long hair from its perpetual braid. Vivin stooped down and kissed her, running his warm hands underneath her shirt. He pulled it off and laid her back, kissing her feverishly. Alice unfastened his belt as he kissed her neck deeply, and she gasped slightly, making him kiss her harder under her jaw. Once they finished, Vivin laid next to her on his stomach, both of them breathing heavily. He gazed down at her face. Her eyes were closed as she slowed her breathing. He stroked her cheek gently with the back of his hand, and she opened her eyes with a grin. So the legends were true. Legends? Vivin murmured, searching her deep blue eyes. Alice smiled, touching his hand softly. What? You didn't think there's just stories about your mercenary work, did you? Vivin felt heat rise to his cheeks, and Alice brushed her thumb against his stubbled chin. You more than lived up to the stories. Vivin looked away, blushing deeper. That was a bit short-lived. I can do far better. It was just... the first time in a while. It's like riding a dragon, right? You never forget. Sometimes it just takes a while to get used to the saddle again. Vivin kissed her hand. Something like that. Alice pulled the sheets up to her chest and snuggled into the bed. What? Are we staying here tonight? Alice shrugged, closing her eyes. You can love me and leave me if you'd like, but I was planning for round two in the morning. Vivin placed a hand on either side of Alice and leaned over her. I was planning for round two in a few minutes. It was Alice's turn to blush. What, really? Vivin smirked and kissed her. Don't underestimate me, Allie. He pushed himself off of the bed and walked over to where his clothes were on the floor. He caught Alice peeking at him from under the sheets with concern. He picked up his clothes and threw them on a chair. I'm just going to lock the door. Relax. He grinned and snuffed out the candle on her nightstand and walked over to the door. He felt Alice's eyes on his back. What are you looking at? That fine piece of ass that now belongs to me. She watched him walk around the room, completely bare. His figure was solid and muscular, with short, coarse hair over his chest and down his chiseled stomach. With his hair in a bun, her attention was drawn to his strong jawline and high cheekbones. Vivin scoffed and snuffed out his candle with his forefinger and thumb, and hunkered down under the sheets. 
their eyes adjusted to the dull light from the fireplace. I belong to you, do I? Vivin murmured, stroking her arm gently. Alice grunted softly, her eyes closed again. That's right, and you're sexy. Vivin laughed out loud, and Alice grinned. What? I don't think I've ever been called that in my life. Alice snuggled in closer to Vivin, the curve of her nose pressing against his neck. Vivin held his breath for a moment, still unused to being so near her. He put his arm over her and drew her in, gliding his finger down the dip of her spine. Well, get used to it, Alice whispered, dozing off in his arms. Vivin gazed at her for a long moment, then kissed her forehead affectionately. He continued to watch his lover until she fell asleep, then closed his eyes. They left early the next morning on Vivin's insistence to return to the palace. If they played their cards right, they could break the news to their team gently. If they simply made it out that they had gone for an early ride and didn't return until late. Kaylee and Amber were thrilled their tamers finally broke the ice, feeling a renewed ease between the humans that had long been replaced by tension. Vivin went straight to the men's chambers, and to his dismay, Seb was already up for the morning, off on a jog or hunt. He resolved to have a bath and tried to come up with an excuse for not being there when the young man woke. Sebastian was sipping coffee at the table in the dining hall when Vivin arrived. His plate was filled with food, so he had only just started eating. Vivin grabbed a plate for himself and refused to make eye contact with Seb until he sat down across from him. Good morning, the young man said over the brim of his cup. He was browsing over documents and no rush to eat his breakfast. Morning. Seb set down the papers and gazed at Vivin intently. The older man asked wearily, What? You and Alice fooled around, didn't you? Vivin stared at him in surprise, and Seb grinned. I knew it. How could you possibly know it? Seb laughed. I'm 17, Vivin, and not an innocent 17 at that. Never mind that you didn't come back here last night. So how was it? he asked eagerly, cutting into an apple. Vivin was silent, and Seb pressed. You and Alice have been holding off for ages, so it must have been great, right? Vivin shrugged shyly, aware of other tamers nearby. Yeah, it was fine. He glanced up, and Seb was giving him an unimpressed look. You know, Seb said, resuming his cutting of the apple. I've had to put up with a lot of sexual conquest stories in the last year, mostly Griff's, too. And that was still easily the worst I've heard. Vivin remained silent, and Alice walked in a few minutes later, pouring herself a cup of coffee. Good morning, Seb smiled brightly. Have fun last night? That lasted long. She laughed and looked at Vivin, who stared at the table, defeated. Told you we couldn't keep it a secret. You still could, Seb huffed, from the amount of detail he's given me. Alice leaned on Vivin's shoulder and gazed out the high, arched windows thoughtfully. What can I say? It was fine. Vivin gave Seb a look of triumph over her simple description, until she added, It got a lot better after I told you you didn't need to be so gentle. Vivin went bright red and Alice grabbed a piece of toast and winked. You should have known I like it rough. She strode away, calling after one of her friends from the Tarota. Sebastian grinned and said, You're going to have your hands full with her. Don't I know it, Vivin mumbled, secretly in bliss. What are you reading? Documents. Don't sass me this early in the morning. What on? The past great tamers and their accomplishments. I've been putting off reading it until now. Then I've got some training to do with Nocte. They want to get him fitted for armor, and then we're going to do some riding and light sparring with the both of us wearing our armor. Sounds fun. Seb shrugged indifferently. You asked. I'm looking forward to spending time with him. Everyone else has been demanding my attention, so... Seb ran a hand through his fine hair, sweeping it to the side. 
I think he's feeling a little unappreciated. Dragons are rather solitary creatures, you know. Nocte can cope without you for a few days. Seb was silent for a moment before lifting his honey-brown eyes. But I can't cope without him. He was silent for the duration of their breakfast and only murmured, Excuse me, at the end of the meal. Vivin and Alice took the liberty of flying their dragons for the better part of the day, visiting pretty, secluded spots outside of the city that they had discovered when they were council members. Imperior was rather close to Rhydon's Mountains, and the foothills were a breathtaking sight to see. Truth be told, they were more focused on each other than the views. Every second not spent on their dragons was spent in each other's arms. There was nothing more that Vivin adored than her smile and laughter and she had a smile on her face whenever the lips parted. They were sitting against Kaylee in the late afternoon. Ember grumbled jealously at first, when they chose Kaylee over her. But, as they spent their time making out, Ember decided she was better off where she was. The navy blue dragon looked out over the valley. The foothills left deep, treed valleys at their base. Mountains were to the north and to the west, though still in a blurry blue haze at this distance. Ember quivered. The mountains, where her forebears once ruled and kept as their sole domain. Though dragons lived coast to coast now, the mountains still held power and called to something inside of her. Kaylee, thankfully, was dozing while the humans snuggled against her. The sun began sinking in the sky. Vivin broke apart their lips for a moment to watch the dying sun illuminate Alice's eyes. Her eyes searched his curiously. Vivin watched as the golden rays lightened the deep ocean blue of her irises into something more brilliant. What? Alice said faintly after what seemed like an eternity. The foothills were kissed with light, and they were kept warm in the spring air. Vivin stroked her jaw and was silent still. Alice blushed and looked away, and Vivin drew her attention back. He gazed at her a moment longer. I love you. Alice bit her lip and looked away once again. Ember lifted her head, sensing the flurry of emotions in her human. Alice struggled with what to say. Vivin was making it worse. He didn't press her for a response. His expression didn't change from one of incredible tenderness and affection. He simply waited and Alice found it harder to form words. After several minutes of silence, he asked with a degree of concern, Allie, are you alright? Alice stirred and blushed, clearing her throat. <clears throat> I'm fine, sorry. He squeezed her hand comfortingly. Don't apologize. You don't have to say anything at all. Alice shook her head, looking out over the valleys. No... It's not like that, Vivi, it's just... Her blush deepened, and Vivim watched her expressions carefully. It's a bit embarrassing, but no one's ever said that to me before. Vivim was taken aback, but he didn't let it show. Never? Alice shook her head. She recalled her parents, who both died when she was young. Not that I can remember. Then she smirked. Or, I had a couple of idiot guys say it when I was a teenager, but they were definitely more intent on what was below my heart. Vivin squeezed her hand tighter. Then let me say it again, and know that I genuinely mean it. I love you. He said those three words slowly and firmly, with such meaning and devotion that Alice felt it in her very soul. Even Ember felt the depth of his amour. And... I don't expect you to. Alice cut him off, exclaiming, No, Vivin, I love you too. She threw her arms around his neck, and Vivin felt warmth spread through him. She pulled back with tears in her eyes and kissed him deeply. Great's above, I thought you knew that. There's some things best not assumed. He grinned, gazing up at the woman on his lap. Even though her eyes were watering, 
he had no doubt that she was truly happy. She put on a pouting face suddenly, and Vivian laughed. What? I don't want to fall asleep without you tonight. Her confession surprised him, but he felt very much the same way. Do you think we could bribe the servants to get us a private room? Vivian chuckled, patting her leg to get her to stand. I think Zan and Sommer would be more than a little pissed if we did that. Just wait until this battle is over, then we can figure things out. Kaylee lifted her head as the humans rose. She yawned, revealing her pointed white teeth. What did I miss? Nothing, Vivian said, and Alice jumped up, kissing him again. Kaylee groaned and rose to her paws, shaking her entire feathered body and stretching her wings. She stiffened suddenly, and Alice and Vivian focused on the blush-colored dragon. What is it? Vivian asked, expecting her to respond that danger was nearby. Kaylee looked in the direction of Imperior. They were an hour out, to the west. It's... nothing. Neither seasoned tamer could be fooled. Let's go back, then. Vivian gave her a pat. He glanced at Alice, and she nodded, mounting Ember without hesitation. As they flew towards the city, Vivian implored his dragon to let him know what was bothering her. Nocte. He said there's something wrong with Seb. Vivin felt his stomach plunge instantly. What? Is he hurt? Sick? Nocte doesn't know. Seb won't talk to him. That was wrong in itself. Sebastian, who was always so open with his dragon, was silent. Without having to ask, Kaylee increased her speed toward the capital. Thanks for listening to Chapter 21 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable, and thank you for supporting the podcast so far. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, please share, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts. To stay up to date on content, check out a DTF podcast on Instagram or Facebook. As always, feel free to email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons.